When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. You know, Doug Gilgad. Doug Gilgad from Score North. It used to be the ESPN 1500. Doug's Orbeck. I know Doug's. <laughs> yeah, yeah what, Doug what's, what about it? Judge Gilgad and, 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 and Phil Mackey, you know, they got the show. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, you got to be. Oh, no gotta be no oh. way he just cut off. <laughs> He's not there anymore? No <laughs> way. Yeah, Bruce, you're lying. Bruce, I... <sighs> I mean, how are you going to let him well, say we'll... all that and not get to his question, What will we learn about Jugs Mackey and Phil Warbeck? Well, AJ, please tell us, because you know those guys. Yeah, you know Jugs. Of course, yeah, but he wanted to talk something about how the local reporters do something. Is that what he's doing? They're homers? Is that what it... Actually... <laughs> Welcome into Purple Daily. Oh, God. My name is uh, Phil Warbeck, and that's Jugs Mackey over there. What's up? Produced by Declan Goff. Jugs here. I'm just Declan. I, they shockingly, of all the names, Declan was not mentioned, but I, I can't imagine what they would have butchered it for Declan. Credit to the Pat McAfee show. So do we know what was that caller about to insinuate about the great Purple Daily content that I'm sure he consumes on a regular basis? Or the, was he going to rip on us for ripping on cousins? Was he going to? Probably. Bring up a genius point that Judd, the Jugs he, made at some point. He was very excited, but I said this when when I was when I was a kid in grade school, I was called not uh, shockingly Jug sometimes, and I hated it. Right, like you're young, you don't like it, you're making fun of my name because you were like a big a big guy, or why would they call you Jugs? Because my name's Judd, and they they just called they just changed it to Jugs because it, it was funny. One, a weird name, and two, funny. But anyway, the point being is, at fifty two, I sort of love it. I sort of like Jugs. Like, I feel like Jugs is a great, like, uh, podcast, radio name, unforgettable Jugs. I, I sort of I like think it's, Jugs. it's more marketable. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I that's what I'm saying. The, Ma- the Mackie and the non- Jugs show. The non-diplume. You want to tune in to find out why is that guy's name Jugs? Like, it's just. And what does he look it, like? It, just, it, it hits you harder from a marketing yeah. and storefront perspective. Judd is a name. Jugs is a character. Yeah. Jugs is a lifestyle. Yeah. Like, it's I could lifestyle. see the Jugs lifestyle. <laughs> the Jugs lifestyle. I don't want to know, actually, what all goes into the to the Jugs lifestyle. We don't even know yet, Phil. No, it's still being crafted. This is Purple Daily, by the way, presented by our friends at Surly Brewing Company and TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. Maybe you're watching uh, Mackie and Jugs on your TCL TV in your living room. Maybe you're... Maybe you're watching Phil Warbeck 
spew wolf's takes on flagrant howls on the Scrunth YouTube channel. <laughs> Whatever it is, TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. TCL bringing you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. All right, boys. Today is a great day because it signifies the first week of Vikings training camp, for one. So we've made it here. We've made it through the off-season doldrums. We're going to get actual, well, not actual football. It's uh, going to be guys in shorts and shells kind of going through half-paced play calls. But they're out there, and they're working on stuff. And jugs will be out there. And yeah, jugs will be all over it. Yes. Um, but the, the other reason why today is a great day is because Jugs is bringing you 10 under-the-radar players to watch at Vikings training camp. Now, for a little backstory here, we kind of debated this, and maybe we're wrong on this, but for years and years, going back, I think, 9 or 10 years ago, actually, I think Adam Thielen's rookie year was the first year. It was like 2013 or something. We launched the Mr. Mankato competition when training camp was still being held down in Mankato, Minnesota. And uh, it was the, the it was really it was to crown underachieving players or, or under the radar players who overachieve at Vikings camp. And the initial parameters were third round draft picks or later undrafted uh, players that we all sort of consensus said, okay, this is an under the radar player that is going to be popular among the fans watching these these practices. We've kind of scrapped the whole Mr. Mankato thing as as like an official segment or part of our show because they don't practice in Mankato anymore. I think a lot of people that are new to our show the last couple of years are like, why, what is Mr. Mankato? They don't really understand what it is because they practice in Egan. And so, I don't know, you guys chime in here too, but this is going to be our sort of modified Mr. Mankato. These are 10 under-the-radar players that originally would probably be Mr. Mankato contestants. Yes. But it's just going to be Judd's top 10 list of under the radar players Jugs. to watch. Jugs, I'm Jugs, sorry. Please, Jugs. please get the name right. Are we are we officially like laying Mr. Mankato to rest or how would you classify it? We're going to see how the public re- reacts and then and then go go from there. If there's outrage, okay. we'll we'll redub it. If there's not, yeah, then it's basically I, I feel like in transitioning from what we did on the old show to this though, that you're right, like a, a lot of of people who have found us are like they're not in Mankato now. And yeah, and I even like I just feel like no one really cared last year. And yeah. I don't know if it was because of the pandemic and stuff, but yeah. So yeah, let us know if you're devastated that we're not doing yeah. an official Mr. Mankato thing. Then let us know, and we'll we'll figure it out. If your not. life has changed because Phil and Jugs aren't doing this, we'll uh, come back to it. All right, so I picked out now just to set the parameters here, just to be very clear. All right, I picked out ten players. This is not comprehensive. So if you're like, where's this guy? Where's that guy? I tried to pick out different positions. Uh, I tried to give as much credit as possible to the 2021 draft class, which was largely unexplored by the previous regime. 2022, uh, guys who signed then after not being drafted. So the point is, I picked out 10 players here, but this is not the be-all, end-all. If you disagree, you might be right. So, like, I'm not saying these are the only 10 guys, but these are 10 names that intrigue me. All right? Okay. So right. Let's do it. With that being clear, number 10 is going to be the only um, the only non-skill position offensive guy that I'm going to pick. But I think that he has a very interesting opportunity here. Given the circumstances regarding the guy who is going to be starting at this position, it is center 
undrafted free agent Josh Sokol. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, and here's why. Um, this guy is 6'3", 290 from Sacred Heart. He was expected to be drafted, and yet he was not. Garrett Bradbury, I think there's no question going into the start of training camp right now, is the expected starter. But the 2019 first-round pick has disappointed so far. Very importantly, didn't have his fifth-year option exercised. And there is a very good chance that starting the entire season or not, Bradbury won't be back in 2023. Josh Sokol, to me, strikes me as, if nothing else, if if he can impress, a guy who could 100% get a redshirt year here. Uh, I also think if you cut him in final cuts, he doesn't probably get claimed unless he's been off the charts great, which I have no clue on that one. But my mm-hmm. point is, my point is, these are the interior offensive line d- discussions, Phil, going way back are always very difficult because you don't sit there and like watch. Did you see that snap? But I do think in this case, there's a question of who's going to start for the Vikings at center in 2023. And I and I think part of the reason why Josh Sokol probably signed here was this could present an opportunity that starts with this training camp. Yes, because like you're kind of alluding to the fact that next year it's anyone's game. Garrett Bradbury, unless he has a big season, will not be on the Vikings roster. He'll be a free agent. So, yeah, could this be – it's less about could he beat Garrett Bradbury for a starting job. He's probably a practice squad guy at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then from there he gets to spend time in the system, and there are, there are worse situations than to sit behind someone for a year while you get your feet wet in a – Shanahan McVay uh, KOC offensive structure. So, yeah, I was looking to a couple weeks back when I was putting together the offensive line picture for this show, and I was looking at some scouting reports too, or just some write ups about Josh Sokol coming out of college, and a lot of good stuff about his leadership. Which I know that sounds cliche, but if we're talking about a starting center in the NFL, it's got to be someone that is like take charge. It's an extension of your quarterback, right? It's the guy that's making calls at the line of scrimmage, and uh, this is just one account from SI.com, but it says, a notorious hard worker, Sokol has been credited by coaches for being tough as nails and a tremendous team leader. Um, And then, uh, let's see here, Rick Rick Saratella, who I don't don't know if he covers like Sacred Heart football, but on Twitter he tweeted out in late March before the draft, one of the hardest workers you will find in this year's draft is Sacred Heart offensive lineman Josh Sokol. He was a pleasant surprise during positional drills at his pro day, flashing quickness off the ball snap and nice lateral movement. See, this is I love this. Mm-hmm. Football can play all three interior offensive line positions. Let's go, baby. All right, let's go get it. So I'm in on Josh. Sobel. Nasty streak, right? That's what you want. A nasty streak. It didn't say that he has a nasty he, streak, but you could probably draw tough, your own. Talking breeze fire. Yeah. Hey, can I hit that quarterback in the face? I want to do it. Yeah. All right. So. Sokol is number 10. Number 9, another guy who was not drafted and was signed after the 2022 draft by the Vikings. And this is going to be a theme throughout this top 10. Because Jefferson has the top receiver spot locked up. Thielen is 2. We think Osborne is going to be 3. That's probably a safe bet. But after that, this team is going to, in my opinion, no question, do a thorough vetting of players at this position and and there's going to be opportunity here in fact if this coaching staff keeps an extra player at at a position uh, and takes away from another one I'm not going to be surprised at all if it is wide receiver and that's why number nine on my list is Phil Mackey's guy 
Thomas Hennigan, Appalachian yeah. State. Okay. <laughs> 242 catches for 1,000 for 3,124 yards and 23 touchdowns in five years can return kicks as well. Um, this sounds to me like a guy who who very well could get a chance to, to make an impression. Another potential practice squad guy, but you know what? That's absolutely fine. The return kicks thing, which this team is trying to find guys that can return. Now they've got um, Kane as their return man. Uh, for kicks, so the position might be taken. But the point is, I think this no, team— No, punt, punt returns oh, is wide open. Oh, punt returns. Oh, so so he, he can return punts as well. You okay. want me to—listen, t- if you want me I, to take the Thomas Hennigan take section Take the Thomas Hennigan list, section. Please, I am, so, I am the head of the Thomas Hennigan If he can return club. punts, then all bets are off. But the point is, I think this guy gets a long look, and I think this coaching staff is going to pay far more attention to receiver prospects than the previous coaching staff did. So he is the—and listen, I w- wouldn't expect— Listen, this is this is my this is my number one guy to watch under the radar players at Vikings camp. And so I wouldn't expect everyone else to have the same affinity or foresight Absolutely. when it comes to Thomas Hennigan. Okay. I've been on this for several months. But the, the Vikings so Wong Wu is probably their kick returner because yeah. he, he housed two last year, right? Yes. So so Hennigan returned sixty two punts in college. He returned uh, fifteen for and, and he wasn't amazing, but he, you know, he averaged like seven and a half yards per turn. But, he, but in terms of being able to catch a punt falling out of the sky, the Vikings don't have many guys who've done that in their career on their team. So he has a leg up as a guy who's actually it's caught 62 punts and returned them in college. So Five years. Appalachian add that to State. the list of skill sets, yes. It's a long time to be at Appalachian State. Oh, it goes way back. He must have loved college. Yeah, he played. Uh, this guy played. Let's see. 50, start like in 1962? 59. He played 65 games at Appalachian He's 72 <laughs> years old, and he's finally getting his chance. <laughs> so, all right, Thomas Hennigan. Thomas Hennigan, Phil Mackey's guy, is number uh, nine on the list. Number eight, the last UDFA is outside linebacker Zach McLeod. Played at the U. He is the type of guy, so this is a position that I think is one of the easiest to shine at. Like, if you make plays in preseason games at this spot, we see it. It's, you know, it's often a pick. Zach McLeod also received $250,000 to sign, so the Vikings are paying him. He's a guy who spent six years in college, five and a half sacks last year, um... And he moved from linebacker to defensive end, but now in the Vikings 3-4 scheme, he's going to be moved back to the linebacker position, potentially to rush the quarterback. Zach McLeod is number eight on my list. Zach McLeod is the Van Wilder of Vikings training camp, having spent nearly a decade in college, and now he's ready to be unleashed. The other thing to look at, too, are positions where the incumbent starters are old. Mm-hmm. That's why they drafted Lewis Seen at safety. Mm-hmm. And right now they have, so they have two of the most, uh, is, is voluminous a word? Voluminous tacklers in the NFL in Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks. Yep. But those guys are both on the wrong side of 30 years old. So the Vikings have their radar up, not necessarily for a ton of snaps this year. And there are some snaps to go around this year, but who are the linebackers going to be in 2023, 24? And some of that groundwork gets laid starting this week at training camp. Number seven on my list, a 2022 fifth-round pick from North Carolina. We talked about him on 
Mackey and Judd earlier today, running back Ty Chandler. Mm. Ty Chandler uh, posted a 4.38 in the 40. Started his uh, collegiate career at Tennessee. Um, and this is a guy I'm curious about because I think Wong Wu is going to make the roster, in, in my opinion, and he could be a very important player. But Chandler brings some of the same exact things. And the difference is this. Chandler is this current regime's draft pick. So don't sleep on Chandler uh, being on the roster. And with that speed, you guys, in 2022, I don't know that you, if if you definitely want to keep him, can cut him. Like, that's a practice squad guy to me that a team's like, oh, no, we're going to take a chance on Chandler. So Ty Chandler, I think, is probably a guy that if you're going out to practice, pay a lot of attention to because he could make this roster. Yep, he averaged, this is crazy, so... He touched the ball 197 times at North Carolina last year after four years at Tennessee. He averaged 6.6 yards per touch. Most of those are runs. He averaged six yards per carry on the ground, and then he caught 15 passes, averaging 14 yards per reception. Interesting. So get the ball in this guy's hands, at least at North Carolina. And he was kind of a part-time back at at Tennessee. But very intriguing. And Mm -hmm. a guy that I don't... I don't think this is a guy that you're going to just try and sneak on the practice squad. I feel like he's making the team. Yes. I, I, so what happens? We kind of talked about that on Mackie and Judd statements, like you said. But if he's on the team and Wang Wu's on the team, maybe Alec, maybe there's an Alexander Madison trade at some mm. point. But it's not, it's nice to have some options here behind Dalvin Cook, who always misses a few games because of injury. Yes. And his contract starts to get weird in like 2023. So you might have to make a tough decision there at some point. I love the thought too of the speed. Like like this is the type of thing that we didn't see, right? Like packages for guys like this where where you know they don't get a ton of touches or carries, but you say we have to come up with a package for you that's going to cause defenses nightmares. Um yeah. and I felt like previously it, it was well, if you're a running back, we're going to give you the ball, and you're going to go up the gap, and that's what it's going to be like. And it's like, no, that's what you do with Dalvin. I get that. But you've got guys now with phenomenal speed. Find a way to get the football in their hands. I'll say it, in space. You want it in space. And when you get the football so in their space. hands in space, you can make something well, happen. Well, like last year, you know, you draft a guy who runs a 4-2 or a 4-3 40-yard dash. He houses two kick returns. But then you start to look at, who actually got the ball and who got targets on the team last year, who got handoffs. And, you know, he what did, I'm just going to find this real quick. I think Wangwu touched the ball maybe, was it eight times outside of kick returns? He had 13 carries, yep. five targets in the passing game. So he had, he had 18 attempted targets, which is basically one per game last year. Mm-hmm. CJ Ham had 25. Uh, I know that Tyler Conklin ultimately was a starting tight end, but not the most explosive guy. But they found a way to make him the third most targeted player offensively with 87 targets last year. Yep. And even, hell, Alexander Madison, who I get, he he steps in and he takes over as the starter for Dalvin Cook. So I'm not saying these guys have to have zero, but when Madison gets 39 and C.J. Ham gets 18 targets over here and D.D. Westbrook, like, you got a guy who runs a 4-2 and a half 40 here. Right. Let's, let's, let's get creative and find a way to... I don't know, two or three times a game make something happen for him. And maybe KOC will I hope he will does. find a way. I hope he does. Yeah. All right. So n- number six on my list is 2021 third-round pick. Moved 
from defensive end, again, to a guy who's going to stand up to rush the passer, outside linebacker now, Patrick Jones from Pitt. So Patrick Jones is a guy that I was told a few times during the offseason camps last year, really impressed, was really good. Um, 6'4", 264, which is almost identical uh, height and weight to what Hunter is. He played in nine games, was in on seven tackles. But here's where this gets extremely intriguing, you guys. The Vikings are going to have to, so you cannot assume, nor should you, that Hunter and certainly Zadarius Smith coming off a back injury are going to be healthy the entire season, right? So there is going to be really interesting and good and, I think, uh, spirited competition for the jobs behind them because at some point in time, I, I would guess that at least one of them is going to have to be replaced for a game or two games or five games. I don't know. Patrick Jones is a guy that I thought was going to get more of an opportunity in 2021. He did not. I think athletically, though, what he can bring is going to be interesting to watch. And my guess is that a guy like Donatel will look at Patrick Jones and say, if we can maximize him in year two, this is a guy that can get to the quarterback. Yeah. Another guy, yeah, like you said, another guy that we just don't really know. He never really... He hasn't really gotten a chance to, um, so we'll we'll see. So we are sort of we're at the halfway point here. Josh Sokol, Thomas Hennigan, Zach McLeod, Ty Chandler, Patrick Jones. So let's say hello to our friends at halftime here of Judd's top ten players under the radar players to keep an eye on. Our friends at Equity Partners, they are not really under the radar. They are helping people with the house selling process in a number of different ways. First of all, when you partner with Equity Partners. Uh, you get to take advantage of their We Have program, which means they will partner with you to fix up your home before you put it on the market. Simple fixes to total remodels, helping you get the most value out of your home. And then, this might be the biggest benefit, you can move before you sell. So no dealing with the contingencies and any of the logistical nightmares. You can put offers in on your next home, non-contingent on the sale of yours. Learn more at equitypartnersmn.com. Equity Partners MN. Dot com. All right, tell the audience how the uh, the summer of Surly is going here for you. Oh, man. Oh, it's a great, great weekend. Aggressive on Friday, yep. aggressive on Saturday. Why? Because it is, as Phil j- just said, and as Dex just agreed on, it is the summer of Surly, which has been fantastic. Now, I'm not sure about you, Dex, but for mm-hmm. me, Logic Bomb. Yep. Some Supremes. Oh, the Supreme Variety Pack. Furious. Yes, I saw that. I couldn't resist. So. Yeah, it, it was, it was, summer might be over for football fans with training camp starting, but I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes to the summer of Surly, summer's just starting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's only starting. Logic Bomb, Supremes, life at its fullest, life at its best, the outdoors and a beer. Oh, boy. Let's go, baby. Let's do it, baby. All right, let's go get it. All right, number five, under-the-radar players to keep an eye on. Yes, and to be clear here as well, I I am instituting the Mr. Mankato rules. So if you are not hearing first and second-round picks, the rule was always it started with third-round picks or later. So I'm keeping that. So so I'm not going to include first or second. Where's Lewis C? He's he's not under the radar. And you're going to notice him. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, Booth, not under the radar. Correct. Thank you very much. Number five. Number five is fourth-round pick, Missouri cornerback, Caleb Evans. All right? Um, 
He seems like a long shot to provide challenges, but this is another position at which the Vikings, I think, so, sort of in a sneaky way, are going to have to take a long look at guys. Like, Peterson's probably, I would guess, in his last year here. I expect Dantzler to be good, but I mean, I'm not certain. So, cornerback is a place where th- where there is a thousand percent room for development of players here. And so that's why I put a cornerback at five. Because, again, there's going to be an opportunity, especially in the three preseason games, and especially keep in mind, too, if O'Connell follows the McVeigh blueprint, which is to not play starters, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for guys like this to get a long look in preseason games, which, of course, is where, as fans, we see these guys the most stand out. Yeah. I like you know, it's it's really easy just to look at this year and guys like a Caleb Evans. What's he going to? Well, he might not play much this year outside of special teams, if if at all. But like you said, this defense has a lot of dudes on the wrong side of thirty, and Patrick Peterson is one of them. So who are your cornerbacks likely to be? And even like Chandon Sullivan's not that old, but he's probably just kind of a one year flyer guy. You didn't you didn't sign him to some lucrative three or four year contract. Yep. So who are the guys in the mix for two thousand twenty three twenty four? I'm really high on Cam Dantzler, and let's say Andrew Booth is also going to be a starting cornerback at some point, but the rest of the cornerbacks, including your slot cornerback position, they're all kind of wide open beyond 2022, so mm-hmm. you're just you're looking for some guys that can come in, and um, I don't know that Evans, Evans is a, is a pretty big guy, if I remember right, he's, I, don't, he, I don't think he's a slot candidate, he would be an outside cornerback candidate if i remember his measurables correct from i think booth is probably draft. a slot guy right could be so could be opportunity knocks as it does at number four as it yeah. does at the number four spot and, and this is a third round pick 66th overall pick in this year's draft and again it goes back to as phil said earlier the linebacker spot where players are aging out brian Asamoah, oklahoma Here's what intrigues me here, okay? Because I did some some deep dives on this one. What intrigues me about Asamoah is this. He's only six feet, 220. But he can hit. And he's a guy who would probably be used at linebacker in the nickel. And what he does to me is he completely serves as what would be the poster child for what this team's philosophy is going to be at the linebacker spot, and I've been talking about this for a couple of months, they are literally going to employ guys at the spot who look like safeties and hit like them. And so I would not I, I would not sleep at all on this guy actually getting playing time, and I think that he fits the mold of what we're going to see, which is not the big burly guy that's run stuffing. It's a guy who can cover. It's a guy who can hit, and it's a guy who can create – situations and opportunities all over the field. Brian Asamoah also has one of my favorite scouting sentences from any of the NFL.com scouting reports a few months back. He is a see ball, get ball linebacker with an itchy, twitchy trigger and explosive pursuit speed. It's me at the Summer of Surly, actually. That's my Summer of Surly scouting report. You too? Yes, itchy itchy and twitchy. and Itchy, twitchy, trigger, and explosive Just, pursuit speed. My first step is great. Yeah, your first fridge, step is very good. Fridge, first step. Yeah. Unbelievable. Second step for me, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a little slow, too. 
football. Brian Asamoah, number three or four. Now we're down to the top three. Number three on my list is a borderline uh, candidate, but in my opinion, he qualifies because, again, he is a receiver who's going to be in the battle for what I... Because I think the fourth guy could get playing time, and I think it could be significant. Fifth-round pick last year, he did catch five balls for 116 yards and notably two touchdowns. Amir Smith-Marset. Amir oh, wow. Smith-Marset. This is con- controversial uh, well, he eligibility was, here. He was, but... Look, I mean, five catches? He didn't really get a chance. He's a second year. And he's a second year guy, but yeah. he's going to play. But but he's going to, he to me is going to be in in the mix of what I, I think is ultimately probably going to be the most interesting competition beyond, beyond the second string quarterback. And that yeah. is the fourth receiver who I think might play a lot. And so th- Smith Marset has the speed to play. He's got ability, and he's another guy that I felt like they sort of tried to play a little bit, but Mike was Mike never wanted to play a lot of that draft class. Sorry, Phil, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think just just going back to the he, – he would qualify because I think the, the, the main qualifiers for eligibility for Mr. Mankato were third-round draft pick or later or non-established NFL player, and then the committee would decide what does established mean if you played some special teams or something. So I I think of Amir Smith Marset as a little bit more established than he probably actually was because people saw his potential and his speed and and he was talked about during training camp last year but you know he wasn't like a regular in their offense or anything no so he he'd probably be one of those guys that we fight over as a committee and then eventually say all right I guess he would be eligible and a heavy favorite because people already know who he is I miss those flash at training camp. Those fights were great. I, t- I tried to get Christian Ponder back on in 2014. I know you did. That was a bunch of crap. That was a bunch of crap. Because he had kind of fallen off, yeah. and then, okay, now he's coming back. All you right. guys wouldn't have any of it. All right. All right. Number two. Down to the top two. The second, number two. The second guy on my list at number two comes from the same receiver group as Smith Marset. Wide receiver, but in this case, and this is this is a very interesting one because I think the coaching staff likes him. I think they think that they got a steal. Uh, but it's sixth-round pick, Michigan State, number 191 overall pick in this year's draft, Jalen Naylor. Oh, yeah. Um, he he might be the most the, the most old-school, traditional Mr. Mankato guy on this entire list. But I don't think the one thing is, when we talk about the receiver depth that's going to exist on the depth chart and who's going to be fourth, I don't think these guys coaching staff are going to go in with a lot of preconceived notions, right? Naylor is an interesting one. I think Smith Marset, because of experience, probably goes into training camp, in my mind, ahead of Naylor. But um, watching this play out is going to be incredibly interesting. And I think that these guys were actually surprised, not cliche, surprised that they got this guy in the sixth round. Yeah, Naylor just you know, saw him play a couple times the last couple of years at Michigan State, but statistically, he averaged the last two years as a sophomore and a junior. He averaged just under twenty yards per catch at Michigan State, so he can he can chunk yardage as a wide wow. receiver, and that's what they're looking you, for here. How can you not play offense. your sounder, your own sounder on that? Mm-hmm. Chunk, yardage. chunk yardage. You get the ball in, mm-hmm. in space, you get some chunks of yards. Oh God, it's great. Yeah, I like it. They've yeah, they've got some interesting receivers here. All right, number one, who's the number one it's under obvious. the radar player to watch? It's a, it has to be because he got zero chance in 2021. He's going to get a chance now, and I think he might play in the exhibition games a ton. Kellen Mond. 
it's got to be Mond. Like, he is going to be, we are now going to, as we did a deep dive on PD last week, talk about this, you guys. We are now going to find out if a third-round QB, which is not a flush-it-down-the-drain Nate Stanley pick, right? Which is, he's not going to make the team, or if he does, he's a practice squad guy, he's he's not no. going to play. Um, Kellen Mond should have a legitimate chance to show what he can do. And, and I, I will argue on his behalf that the previous coaching staff, offensive staff as well, did not give him a fair opportunity. He will get one now. I think that if all goes according to plan, opening day, September 11th against the Packers, he is the backup to Kirk. So Kellen Mond, to me, is going to get a very long look, and we are going to we're going to start to know if this guy is a total bust or if he was a product of a system that didn't help him. Yeah. I love it. This is a this is a great list. This is also just a good primer too if you're if you're going to show up to Egan and maybe go to go to the night practice or whatever it is, just if you're looking to keep an eye on some players, but okay, from this list or if there's someone that's off this list that <clears throat> excuse me jumps out to you guys, who would the odds on Kellen Mond would probably be the the Chris Long, our friend from yeah. the Five Eyewitness News sports team. He used to be the the odds maker. Kellen Mond's probably the odds on favorite just because it's easier to flash, right? Just in terms of players that would from this list that would get the attention of fans the most during the next month and a half. Amir Smith Marset because he's fairly well known, but I could see like Ty Chandler or one of these defensive players getting some extra playing time, you know, linebackers. Remember when Audi Cole was Mr. Mankato back in like 2014 or 15 because he oh. had two touchdowns in a game? It's the Bills, yeah. Right? You can you can pick up a fumble or pick off a pass and Yep, I like that. and flash that way. So Josh Sokol would have basically no chance to stand no. out because he's a center, but no. he's the one I'm probably the most intrigued by just based on everything that we've heard and read and the uncertainty of that position beyond you know, 2022. I would say the three favorites are probably Naylor, Chandler, and Jones. I think, I think, because all three of those Patrick guys Jones, are basically yeah. skill position guys, and Jones is going to be on the defensive line making sacks. Also, by the way, I just did a quick combing of Score Norse uh, Twitter account. Look at these guys from 2014 on Mr. Mankato odds. Look at this. For the visual audience. 2014. And audio man. audience. Left to right, you have Judd Zolgad, Chipper, Chip Scoggins on Purple Access, which you can find here, and Phil Mackey. Look at these guys. Holding jugs a Mr. Mankato Ju- t-shirt. Jugs, Declan. Jugs. Yeah, I've this is Jugs and name, Chipper. Remember? Jugs and Chipper hanging out. <laughs> That's great. Right. So, okay, we showed up. I think <laughs> I think this was during that camp. This was 2014. It was toward the, the end of the Mr. Mankato portion. And we had, I think the next year we had, we extended it into like all the preseason games. But for this year alone, I'm pretty sure it was just the Mankato portion of camp. And so the last day that we were down there doing our live broadcast, Judd and I went, we brought a, Adam Thielen was the winner. Oh, God. And we got a styrofoam cooler from a gas station down the street and just a bunch of random things like a comb, some Funyuns, like a, a Gatorade or something. And we presented him with this this award for winning Mr. Mankato. And it was kind of tongue in cheek, right? But he didn't really know us that well. And he looked at this thing. He's like, who are you guys? And why are you giving me a styrofoam cooler with Funyuns in it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, think he right. actually, I think he actually took the Funyuns with him to give to a teammate, though. It might have took the comb, too. But he left the rest of it for us. Yeah, he took something. But, yeah, he, he was like, what are you guys talking about? And I, you guys are weird. And I'm exactly. going to be a star. And you guys just suck. <laughs> yeah. he, he played along pretty well with yeah, him. Yeah, nice as he could. 
that was also the same training camp, I think, where Brandon Fusco in detail explained how tearing his pectoral muscle felt like the hardest titty twister that you could ever receive. And he went to like a go simulate it on me. Oh. And I brushed it, I nice. brushed it off before he was I great, though. too far with it. But he was, he was absolutely good. a delight to talk to. So so there it is. This is sort of our modified Mr. Mankato, the ten under the radar players to keep an eye on at Vikings training camp. Uh, before we get to what are people saying about the Vikings, and it is the annual Mike Sando quarterback tears where insiders around the NFL have critical and praising things to say about every quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Judd, let's tell the audience, we're almost a year into your weight loss yes. journey here, and you're showing up to camp in shape for the first time in a long time. And look look at that. If you are, are watching this on our channel right now, look at that guy in shape, and you're saying, Judd, how did you get there? You've lost 40 pounds. And I'm going to tell you, it's as simple as this. Livia Weight Control Centers has helped me. And Dawn, she's down 12 pounds. That's right. The Zolgat household as a whole down 50 plus pounds. And now I, I want you to join us. The Simple Start Plan, only 59 bucks. That's right. Personalized and guided support online or in person, whichever is the most convenient for you. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com. Don't wait. Lose that, that weight, all of your clothes will fit again. It's absolutely fantastic, and it's as easy as it can possibly be. Livia.com. What are people saying about the Vikings also presented by Brainerd International Raceway today? Yeah, coming up this weekend, July 28th through the 31st, Motor America is coming to Brainerd International Raceway. you got five classes. You have over 120 riders and 90 total super bikes. You know, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this football sounder football. here because when super bikes come in... <laughs> You got to hit the football yeah, sounder. Right. Uh, you can start planning this event right now at BIRMN.com. There's camping and ticket information, BIRMN.com. Again, Motor America coming to Brainerd International Raceway this weekend. Go check them out, BIRMN.com. Okay, we have this. This might actually be the, the creme de la creme of quarterback rankings around the NFL. He's a friend of the show, Mike Sando. He used to cover the NFL for ESPN.com and now The Athletic where his main feature, and he, he does a brilliant job throughout the year with different articles and features, but he's very plugged in with front offices and coaching staffs and stuff. Um, and I think the feature that he's become known for are the quarterback tiers, the five, the annual five quarterback tiers now on The Athletic. And the way that he rolls this out, I'll just read this from Mike here. Says, the results reflect voting from 50 NFL coaches and executives, including six GMs, eight head coaches, 10 evaluators, 12 coordinators, six quarterback coaches, and seven executives whose specialties include analytics, game management, and the salary cap. Mm -hmm. The remaining ballot was put together by four members of one team's personnel department. The panel placed 35 veteran quarterbacks into one of five tiers, tier one being the best, obviously, and tier five being the, the bottom tier. So we, uh, before this came out, we did an episode, I think early last week, where we, it was the ultimate Kirk Cousins quarterback rankings. We took 10 different objective, subjective lists and rankings from the ESPN insiders list all the way to like the PFF rankings and pro football outsiders or whatever. And the average ranking for Cousins, when you took all of those together, all 10 of those was 13 and a half. So let's go through this list here. This is, again, these are 50 people inside the game putting quarterbacks in tiers. We'll start with tier number one, which is defined as a quarterback that can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles 
pure passing situations and has no real holes in his game. Number one is Aaron Rodgers. Number two is Patrick Mahomes. Three, Tom Brady. Four, Josh Allen. Five, Justin Herbert. Six, Joe Burrow. And that's your top tier. Six quarterbacks in tier one. It's about fair. It's about right. I got one question off this. Is Herbert there yet? He's perceived to be. No, you're a thousand percent right. But mm-hmm. I'm saying, is he there? I mean, Burrow took his team to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I like Herbert. I think he might be great. And Declan is dead on. He's perceived to be. But is he in that tier yet? I think most people, most fans would say no. Most Cousins Crusaders would say hell no. Because <laughs> he hasn't. If you're going to go win-loss record, right, he's 24 years old. Right. It's it's. I think it's fair to say let's put him in tier two and make him graduate. Yes. Sometime later this year. Agree. It's fair. Okay. Tier two is defined as a quarterback that can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situations in doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above tier three. Does have a hole or two in his game. Mm-hmm. So number seven, we're going. Continuing on the rankings here, these are all tier two. Matthew Stafford, number eight, Russell Wilson, number nine, Deshaun Watson, 10, Lamar Jackson, 11, Dak Prescott, 12, Derek Carr, 13, Kyler Murray, 14, Matt Ryan. Those are all tier two quarterbacks. Yeah, we got. I think you got to split those at about Dak. I, I, I just, I don't have Matt Ryan in the same group as someone like Russell Wilson at this point. And I don't think I have. I agree with that. Or Carr even. And, and I like Derek And I don't Carr. know if I have Dak there. Right. True. I'd listen to that. You don't have Dak in tier two? You have yeah. Dak. You, I think, yeah, there's a gap between Russ and Dak, yeah. I think. I think I'd put Dak in tier three. I, I mean, we can say what we want about Kirk, and I like Dak more than Kirk, but to be very clear about this, it's not like I'm totally sold on Dak. At the money. Yeah. It's all it's all relative to the money, right. right? If Dak is, oh, Dak makes a million dollars because he was a fourth-round draft pick and you're building your team, then you love Dak. But Dak sure. at $40 million as a franchise carrier makes it harder. And, and if you're telling me that, that I've got the pick of Tier 2 QBs and it's a Tier 2 and you're like, okay, Judd, you get Dak, I'm not saying, well, that's the same as Russ. Yeah. So. And, and, th- and then we get to Tier 3 here. And I know we all we got about two minutes left here in the show. We all got to uh, get moving on here. But yep. tier three quarterbacks are legitimate starters, but need heavier running games and or a defensive component to win. A lower volume drop back passing offense would suit these guys best. Kirk Cousins is 15th and number one in tier three. And then right behind him are Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, <laughs> this is Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> Jameis Winston. Woof. Um, and if you read the thing on Kirk <laughs> that Mike wrote with some with some unattributed executives and coaches talking about Kirk, that's great. It's a play by play of what we've talked about, which is yeah, one. I'll, I'll read it real quick. Yeah, go go and re- read the part about players dying for him. 
Okay, it says if there's a tier three Hall of Fame, Cousins might be uh, getting the first bust. Yep. Quote from a GM. A GM said, I think he's one of those more accurate passers in the league. For whatever reason, in big moments, big games, he's not able to get it done. Now, because Kevin O'Connell is going to be there, their offense is going to open up. They'll maximize what he is. Is he Stafford, who had just been in some bad situations? I think he's a step below Stafford. And then an offensive coach said, people want more, but guess what? He's a pretty damn good player. Now, is he going to be an offense? Is he going to be in an offensive oriented system where guys like Goff and Stafford have had some success? People don't like him because they knock his leadership and his contract. But the reality is, there's no one younger that you would want over him that you could get through the draft or a trade. Um, the co- another coach said, "I don't think his players would die for him." <laughs> Great. That one to me though was. Interesting. And then another person said they ran the ball straight up Pittsburgh's ass, and he made it about three made about three throws the whole game. A couple outstanding throws. Other than that, he was terrible in that game. Um, one of the three deep throws, the receiver pushes the DB in the back. I'm thinking this is not the guy you're going to win a championship with. And then there's another one that just kind of questions um, the fact that he's he's yeah that he's not Matthew Stafford. So mm-hmm. there you go. But tier those three, quotes, the, the tier three god. A bunch of those quotes read like they came from us on our show. Yeah, well, maybe they, maybe they did. Maybe we were not actually quoted here. I don't know. I wouldn't yeah. say. Keep, uh, I just think it's interesting. I think it's very intriguing that our our thoughts are reflected by executives and coaches. I think it means that we should be hired as consultants for NFL teams. Um, Federated's here also just supporting us on a daily basis on Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd and supporting businesses for the last hundred plus years with risk management tools and resources federated's all about maximizing your business's potential and success find out more how they can help you at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours there it is that's what are people saying about the vikings and uh, judd's top 10 under the radar players to keep an eye on jugs at training camp jugs jugs top 10 for jugs Mackey and phil warbeck and Declan, who should be offended that his name wasn't included in that Pat McAfee clip. Okay. What was the guy going to say? Future goals. If you're yeah. listening right now, tweet us. What were you going to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to know. We'll let you on our show so you can say it. Oh, yeah. I know it's equivalent audiences. See you guys tomorrow. <laughs>